Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Having just returned fresh from a Sark media availability. Following oh, practice this morning. Fresh, actually, fresh from the bathroom, I was flushing my eye out because it felt like I had something in there. I'm good. Did the smell? What, was, there, the, was the bathroom okay? It wasn't a viral hazard? I don't know. It was actually p- quite pleasant. Wow. So there's somebody from one of the other businesses on this floor that was in there having a conversation, just walk, just pacing in the bathroom, which was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. Just kind of walking around back and forth in the bathroom? Yeah. Just like, just do your business, go. Okay. Do your business, go. Um, anyway, I, I did my business, in a sense, by going to Sark Availability. Yes. After practice, practice nine in the books for the Longhorns, so not counting the spring game. They've got four more before spring ball wraps up. Uh, I think the theme of this availability, Craig, and, and I, I'm not going to take credit for starting the, the the topic, but I asked Sark about about David Bendis' spring. Mm-hmm. And when you look at David Bendis and Keaton Crawford, how much do he and the staff, really does the entire organization, appreciate guys that, you know, are fourth, fifth-year guys that have been, you know, in the case of Keaton Crawford primarily, a special teams guy, in the, in the case of David Benda, just hasn't hardly played at all, that, that they paid their dues, they've stuck around, and now they're going into their fourth or fifth year, and they're, they're not only competing for spots in the two deep, but they're running with the first team at their respective spot. And Sark said in the case of Benda, in the case of Crawford, he talked about this with Juan Davis, with Mo Blackwell, and and a couple other guys. He mentioned probably five, six guys throughout the course of this 20-minute availability where he said, so-and-so, fill in the blank, is we're seeing their best football right now. Wow. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the trajectory the staff feels like it's on in terms of player development. It, you know, we... We don't have enough time left in the broadcast year to go over the player development issues that have been running rampant in this program for the last, you know, how well, 15 years or so, or however long it's been. But, you know, Sark said from the minute he took the job, one of the very first things he said was, we want to be a great developmental program. You want to get guys here. You want to get highly touted guys here that have high ceilings and help as many of them reach their ceilings as, as possible. That's essentially what player development is, and you help them reach their ceilings as as players in terms of their craft at their positions, their skill sets, their athleticism, uh, how they are, how they conduct themselves off the field as a teammate. Across the board, you want to develop guys. Which is only going to make your the totality of your program more successful, a better program. Yeah, which I think, but that extends like the tentacles of player development and mm-hmm. extends out like to do all those things. Okay, you need to make sure guys are at the training table when they're supposed to be. You need to make sure guys are getting properly hydrated and they're mm-hmm. on their books. And, and all of that stuff plays into it. And Texas, so many under so many regimes, has been missing parts of that and it all plays into the lack of development we've seen but i think it's really good for sark to point out like i said so many guys five six guys that he feels like they're getting the best of that guy right now uh one position that uh we talked a lot about as a line we talked a lot about every position group but the linebacker came up and he mentioned mo blackwell's one of those guys that paid his dues on special teams and and i think it's it's those guys that are in their third year under sark benda uh blackwell Keaton Crawford falls into that group. Juan Davis falls into that group. There's a lot of those guys now that this staff is saying, okay, they're more comfortable not only with this regime and how they do things on a day-to-day basis. They're more comfortable with the schemes. They know what to expect from a winter conditioning standpoint. That's what Sark said David Benda's ascent really started during winter conditioning. You know, he had he he took the time to go meet with Jeff Choate and figure out, okay, what am I missing? Where do I need to get better? And had a really good time during conditioning. Um, so all that stuff plays into it. But going back to linebacker, you know, Mo Blackwell, 
is is competing with Bender for that spot next to Jalen Ford. I know some Texas fans might not want to hear it, Craig, but and this is no knock on Anthony Hill or Leunga LaFowle by any stretch because both those guys, by all accounts, have been really good this spring. But Jet Bush is still running with your twos and still making plays during scrimmage situations well, and, and if, when he's on the field. If, if Texas fans, like you say, and you're probably correct on this, don't want to hear it, they're going from the mindset of the limited use they've seen those guys in the past, not from what Sark and what the coaching staff has seen from them in spring drills. But there's there, a difference. There's always there's always that one that one you know former walk on or a guy that just you know why is that guy playing? Right. You know, whether it's Kai Money or Dylan Haynes or, yep. or you know go on down the list, whoever it is. And my take on that is, hey, if you don't want those guys to get reps, somebody go take their job. Yeah, go take a job from them. And, you know, like I said, Jet Bush is running with the twos, running behind uh, Jalen Ford. But he's a, until this staff feels like Hill and LaFowle are in a position where they can give them quality reps, he's going to be a really big piece of their linebacker rotation. Guys have been on campus for seven weeks. And he, you know, those guys, the you know, Hill and LaFowle, they're going to take some time. It's going to need a little bit of time. And. Folks should probably pump the brakes on expecting the immediate return on the investment yeah. from an incoming early enrollee true freshman. And that's what Sark said, too, why a guy like David Benda and a guy like Keaton Crawford, they can be really good examples for the young guy. Because the young guys come in, hey, why am I not starting? Why am I not getting to play? Well, now I'm going to hit the portal and go somewhere else. But these are guys that have worked through that. And in the case of David Benda, you know, when he was at Texas in 2019, by before the end of his first year on campus, the linebackers coach and the defensive coordinator he committed to was fired. And then he plays for Chris Ash, who's gone after one year. So by his, by his third year in the program, he's on his third position coach, his third coordinator. So uh, that's another part we talk about yep. with player development. You gotta have you gotta have stability within your coaching staff. So it all ties in together, but you know, Jet Bush is a part of a part of that depth at linebacker, so is Mo Blackwell and, and David Bender. The other position group, Craig that I'm really intrigued with is the tight end position. And I, I asked Sark about position, you know, position, personnel groupings, not position groups, personnel groupings. Okay. And, you know, spring a time where he wants to figure out, hey, we want to be, you know, uh, primarily a 12 personnel offense or an 11 personnel offense or a 21 personnel offense. And he said, no, he said spring is really still where they're just trying to develop guys and still get kind of, get guys comfortable with whatever they think that role is going to be. And he said, really, they're not going to, he's not going to really, I don't want to use the term pigeonhole, but he's not really going to pin down what specific personnel groupings are going to be their bread and butter, really until you get through that first half of fall camp, once you get into the game planning stages, and then you can figure out, all right, we can we feel like we can major in these personnel groupings, and based on your talent and what they can do, and then from that from that point, then it becomes a week to week proposition. All right, we need to be uh, we need to play more of a service. We need to be more of a twelve personnel group this week, or, or we think we really have an advantage on the perimeter. Maybe we need to be a ten personnel grouping this week with four wide receivers. And obviously, JT Sanders would factor in that. I'm just using hypotheticals here. But Sark said basically it's going to be a second half of camp before he really starts to pin down kind of the nitty gritty specifics. And he said this this in reference to depth chart too. And I think this holds true with the position uh, with the personnel group thing. By the time you leave spring ball, you've got a general idea of where you are in both those areas. Mm-hmm. Specifically with the two deep, because he's going to sit down with guys at the end of spring ball and say, look, if we, and he used this exact example today, he said, you sit down with a guy and say, look, 
if we had to go play a game next Saturday, this is where you'd be on the depth chart. And over the summer, by the time we get to camp, this is what you need to do to either keep this job or put yourself in a position to be able to win this job. Because you still got the first couple weeks of camp to go win a job. But right. then, then we know the whole deal after that, and then you're in a game planning and your depth chart kind of is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting just to get Sark's perspective on things like depth chart and, and kind of who you're going to be on offense, kind of when that stuff starts to take form. And, uh, you know, he told us last year, Craig, he did pretty much from the, the end of spring ball right up until camp, that's when he does the bulk of that and really right. studies people and he'll go different places. Like last summer, he went and hung out with the Rams for a few days and hung out with Sean McVay. We know he, Kyle Shanahan was in town for the clinic recently. So that's when he'll do a lot of that stuff in terms of figuring out what this team is and, and getting his ideas together and implementing new things that he might want to try during camp. He'll do all that during the summer. Um, but, you know, that tight end position is pivotal. Juan Davis is another guy that he said is playing his best football right now. They feel comfortable with Gunnar Helm. I just really worry about that position because the indispensability, for lack of a better term, of JT Sanders. Like I just think, I think of all the guys you can least afford to lose. Again, if I was power ranking that list, he'd be number one for me mm. because the the step down from him to the next tight end. It's no knock on Gunnar Helm. It's just that's just how good JT Sanders is. So. I know that's kind of a crash course in what we got during the availability today, but nothing really earth-shattering. It was kind of a lot of more big-picture stuff and, and depth chart stuff and you kind of look at some of those position battles we talked about pretty much since the start of spring and you know, running back and corner and uh, wide receiver and just kind of how are some of those things shaking out, offensive line, some of those pieces coming together, uh, just getting Sark's kind of 30,000-foot view on right. where things stand a little less than two weeks out from the spring game, about a week and a half out from the spring game. So there you are, and and like you said, a little over a week and a half to go before that spring game on the 15th of April, so just get ready for that.